0: Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us. Well, amen. Thank you,
1: worship team. Thank you for everybody singing out to our great God. He is a, a wonderful, glorious, perfectly awesome God. So thank you for uh, yeah, coming to worship today and, and giving God the glory. It, aren't those truths we sung about awesome? Man, God is so good. He's so, so gracious to us. And we've been forgiven. We've been set free. We are united with our God in worship. And uh, man... We, uh we're, we're studying prayer. And what, what that means is we're studying how to have a relationship with God. We're in the midst of a prayer sermon series, the Lord's Prayer. And, and why does Jesus teach us how to pray? Why, why does he take the time to teach us how to, how to understand and talk to God and be with God? Because he wants us to be with God. This relationship that started, he wants us to continue and go on and be, be in health. So he gives us the grace to uh, learn how to pray. Uh, if you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, we'll find the Lord's Prayer there. It's also in, in, in Luke, but we're, we're focusing on the Matthew's version uh, these days. So uh, chapter 6, verse 9, uh, Jesus has been teaching His disciples in the Sermon on the Mount how to live righteously as, as disciples, how to live godly lives, and He moves to teach how to pray. So He says, uh, verse 9, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We looked at that last week, and today we're looking at verse 12. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, what, what, there's so many different ways to look at this, this prayer, but the, the last three that we're looking at last week, this week, and the, and the following two weeks, uh, they're, they're tied. They're tied together. And give us our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, and protect us from evil. Okay, these, these are daily prayers that we are we are given to by Jesus to approach our Father with. And so, what a blessing he's taught us how to pray. Uh, give us our, our daily bread. That we talked about that last week. And, and remember, last week as we talked about bread, it stands for needs. And so when you pray, ask, asking God for our daily bread, we're asking all the needs. And so somebody came up to me and they said, man, I was taught that, that we're not supposed to say things re- repetitiously in, in you know, prayer, these kind of things. And we talked about that in a previous sermon. But like what I don't want you to take away from this sermon series is that you go home and you just repeat this prayer by rote, that you just go and say it out of memory and you don't... It's not, it's not real in your life. It's, it's not true. And what I also don't mean is you just say it like a magic spell. Our Father in, our, in heaven, hallowed be thy name, you know, <laughs> baba bing, baba boom, kind of thing, right? What Jesus is intending, this is a real conversation with the Almighty God, right? It's, it's, it's not just going through the motions. God is listening and listening. This is the way we get to approach God. And so you, things like asking for bread, asking for needs, you're bringing your stuff to God all week long. God, I, the truck didn't start last night. I need it to start tomorrow to go to work. Right? The kid, My kid is sick and I need to go to work tomorrow. I need your healing on that kid. Right? Or I got a public presentation at work and I'm scared to death. I need your power, spiritual need. Right. So, so when you pray these prayers, it's not like you just do it like by road. Or you, 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 you these are headings. These are outlines. These are launching points in your time with God. Right? Same thing for "Give us this day." Our daily is it's the same thing as "Forgive us our debts, as we forgive those who are, are owe us a debt." Okay. So let's let's get into that a little bit. Have you ever thought about owing God debt? This is a very, very unique word. It's, I think it's only found one other place in the New Testament, in Romans 4.4. 4. Uh, debt's, uh, what, if you're into debt with somebody, you owe them something, right? Um, a debt is, is something that, that you, like, like I, came, I came to you last year, maybe, you know, my roof blew off or something, and you gave me a $5,000 loan, and you only charged me 15% interest. Man, you're awesome, Right? No, maybe not. Uh, but anyway, you, you gave me a loan. I'm in your debts. You're my creditor. Have you ever thought about God as your creditor? That, that you're in his debt? It's a, it's a different concept. We're used to, we're used to thinking about uh, uh, sin and transgression. Like sin, we, we, you know, you miss the mark. There's a bullseye, and sin is not doing what God said to do you. We're here, you're here, you're here. Or sin, sometimes we think about you, you, you didn't live up to the God's standard. You missed the glory of God. His target was here, and you live down here. Right? Sin, sometimes we, we think about, he set a boundary in place, a boundary line, and sin is crossing that, that, you trespass against God. That's how we think of sin sometimes. You know, you got a little toddler, a two-year-old, man, don't you touch that. <laughs> right, that's sin. Okay? Crossing the line. There's all different kinds of ways to think about sin. Sins of commission, like I'm willingly doing something. God said, don't do that, so I do it. Or He says, do that, and so I don't do it. (laughs) Right? There's all different kinds of sins that we commit. uh, Sins of omission, like we know what we should do. We've been told what to do, but we forget, or we leave it undone. Right? There's so many ways to think about sin, but sin is debt. Right? What do we owe God? Hmm... What don't we owe God? Right? He gave us breath. He gave us life. He he gave us everything we have. We owe Him everything in our life. Right? But I, I suppose the biggest way to think about what we owe God is we owe Him our obedience. He is the Lord God Almighty. He reigns. He rules. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Man, if I don't give Him obedience... Is he my Lord in, in practical terms? Or am I just mouthing some kind of, I'm a Christian, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if he's my Lord, he's my king, I owe him obedience. I, I owe him worship. Man, he, he's my creator. He's my maker. Do I, do I not owe him worship? Of course I owe him worship. I owe, I owe him love. You know, I, I owe him my commitment. You start running down the road. I mean, he's given me everything. I, everything I have to earn a living, he's given me. Everything I, I have to be in a relationship with other people, he's given me. Everything that I the value that I value, he's given me. Now, I might have had to go to work for it. I might have had to go to school for it, et cetera. Et cetera. But he's the 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 cause. And so I owe him, and so. The way that Jesus says, you know, it's fascinating. Jesus, who's been in heaven, of course, and he's heard billions of prayers by this point before he was incarnate. He says, think about this as uh, debt. Pray to the Father and say, forgive my debt. Which is a really a bold prayer when you think about it, right? Uh, so, so again, maybe I borrowed 25000 from you and you only charged me 8% interest. But great, thank you for that. But I come to you one day, hey, how's it going? Will you forgive my debt? What? Yeah, will you just like tear up that note, that $25,000 note I owe you, and just toss it into the wind? Or maybe, maybe you, you got a loan from the bank, a $200,000 loan, and you go to the bank, and you say, hey, brother banker, sister banker, thank you for being a good neighbor. Forgive my debt. <laughs> what do you expect from that? Right? Did, didn't you sign up knowing that you'd have to pay it back? Well, yeah, I did. But didn't you like, sign the contract and didn't I explain everything to you about paying back your debt? Now you want me to forgive it? So it's a bold prayer. I don't deserve forgiveness. I haven't earned forgiveness. I haven't. What, what, what is forgiveness? It means to be released from a debt. me to be released from a debt that you owe somebody means you've been forgiven. God our creditor Jesus says you go to him day by day by day by day by day by day every sin that you sin every day you go to him and you say God forgive me he's not going to be like the banker, he's not going to be like your neighbor, he's not going to be like me with you perhaps if I loan you money God's going to forgive he's going to release me from I owe him. He's going to release me from my debt. Praise God. Right? It's a bold prayer. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing prayer. It, it's, a, it's a hard prayer. When you think about it, it's, it's easy for me sometimes to ask for my needs or ask for my kids' needs. Of course, every parent, every grandparent in this room, every great grandparent in this room, like when, when your kid has a need, you don't have any problem going before the throne of grace. Like, oh, please, Lord, they, that soccer game, that bully last time may my kid just destroy. No, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't pray that. <laughs> you don't go there because you're, right? But, but you pray for your kid. You don't have a problem praying for your kid. But this prayer of forgiveness, it, 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 it's an admission of guilt. It's an admission that I've fallen short of the standard, that I've lived in such a way it is not pleasing to God, that I, in my evil heart, have chosen to go a different way than God has commanded, uh, I have to confess sin to ask for forgiveness, don't I? I mean, really, if I go to my wife, you know, if, if, if my wife and I are going to have a good relationship and I've done something against her, I've said something that hurt her, I, I've, I've uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe I, I ate her last cookie or something, and yeah, You know, and, and, if, and if I go to her and, and, and I just blow it off, that, that's going to be tough. I, when I go to her, I, I have to admit guilt. I'm sorry for the pain I caused you for eating your last cookie. It was me. I knew that you told me not to eat that cookie, but I ate that cookie. Would you please forgive me? I am a sinner. <laughs> And you start thinking about it. It's, a hard, it's not easy to admit. You know, prideful people, arrogant people. Man, uh, do they have a hard time of this prayer? Absolutely, they have a hard time of this prayer. If you have a hard time asking for forgiveness, there's an issue there. Right? And, and so Jesus says, man, you know, this, this relationship prayer, go to the Father every day and admit your guilt. Confess your sin and ask for forgiveness. I tell you what, uh, the more you do this, the easier it gets. Right? But the longer you go, the longer you have a distance between you and God, the farther, farther you pull away, the longer you let that sin simmer or settle or stink, the harder it's going to be to go to Father. And I, I've seen it over and over, right? Uh, there, there's been people in our, in our church, of course, because none of us have arrived. We're all uh, people in recovery. The church is many times more like a hospital than it is a, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've seen people that have sinned against people in this church or sinned against people in this community, and suddenly they don't show up anymore to church. Or, or they, they've done certain things, and, and I know about it, and, I, and I, you know, I have to call them on it. Like, why haven't you been at church in a while? And, and uh, you know, well, I, I was ashamed. Well, I know you're ashamed. I, I know what sin feels like. It hurts. It, it, I'm, it's shameful. I feel guilty. Yeah, but I, I, I just felt like God wouldn't have me anymore. I felt like God didn't want me there anymore. I felt like God didn't want me close anymore. So the longer you go, the harder it is. And so that's why Jesus says do it daily. And, and, and the, the, the praise the Lord, how amazing is our God uh, part of this prayer is that Jesus, in teaching us to pray this way, He knows the God behind, the, the, the object of our prayer, the subject of our prayer. He, he's, he's the one, the, rec- the receiver of our prayer. Jesus knows His character God's arms are open wide. God wants you to come. Now, again, th- our thinking about who God is plays a drastic, incredible role in our life as people of, of, of Christ. If we put God in, in a certain uh, setting, if we, if we make him worldly, if we dumb him down to be like us as humans, if, if we think he's angry with us all the time, if you think he's out to get us, if you think he's like, you know, uh, vindictive or something, we're going to have a hard time praying, aren't we? It's, it's going to be hard to approach God if we think he's, he's such and such and, and, and worldly in that sense. But Jesus knows what kind of a God this is. A God who forgives. He's the God, like the father of the prodigal. Remember the, the story we told a few weeks ago from Luke 15? It's like a paradigm, a way of thinking. Our father in heaven is like that father of that prodigal son that took all his inheritance and went and partied with it and spent it on women and spent it on loose living. And and, and he, he sinned against his father, but he came back. And what was the father doing? I can't wait to bust that kid. I can't, no, he wasn't like that at all. I can't wait to wipe out that kid and show him who's bought. No, he wasn't like that at all. The father, the prodigal, that Jesus says, think about the father this way, is the, is the father that's like waiting and looking for his son and his daughter to come. The father's like waiting for you to come to the throne of grace. He's like looking and waiting. And I, in a, you know, Jesus' story that he told about the prodigal son, like the father had already made up his mind to forgive the boy even before he asked. Isn't that beautiful? That our God, is He's waiting for us to bring our stuff, our junk, our our hatreds, our violations, our transgressions, our omissions, our debt to Him. And say, Father, I've sinned against you again. And and these are the ways that I've done it. Would you please forgive me? And, And Jesus sends us to the Father because He knows the Father will forgive. Brothers and sisters in Christ, He will forgive you in your brokenness and the things you've done and the hatreds in your life the evils you've done the things that you've put out there in the world your thoughts that are evil your words that are evil your actions that are evil you bring before the throne of grace every day the father says i release you from that debt i forgive you of that and that and that and 100,000 more that you're yet to commit so it's a, it's a it's a bold prayer it's a it's a it's a hard prayer but it's a it's a praise Jesus prayer <laughs> it's a it's a m- amazing how how great is our God prayer right but but it is a daily prayer God wants to keep uh, us to keep our accounts short now now you, you think about religion you know you think about uh, uh, like dealing with the force up there or something or you know don't don't think about our relationship, relationship with our God that way. Think about this as a personal relationship. And, and uh, He wants us to be near and close all the time. Jesus is teaching us how to communicate with God. Jesus is teaching us how to participate in the life of God, to be in communion with God. And so th- this is huge. So it's a daily accounting, a daily wiping out of, of what separates, a daily erasing the stains, a daily cleansing, a daily coming back into fellowship with our great God. Uh, so uh, again, I, I need to spell it out very clearly. This Lord's Prayer, these, these six petitions, or seven, if you divide up verse 13 into two, these petitions are, are not meant to be just this simple, say it and you're done. It, it's like, forgive me my debts, Lord, and here they are. And so there's, there's time, when, when I pray this during my, my walk, uh, there's times I get to forgive my sins, and there's sometimes, praise God, I don't have to spend very much time. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I have to do some searching, praise God, and, well, how did I treat that person, or um, how, how did I act there, or were my thoughts pure there? And, and sometimes it's short, but I tell you what, the other day, uh, something came up into my life with a certain person, and I, I I spent an hour and a half just praying this petition, and unpacking it, and running through the relationship. And God, did I handle that right? Did I handle that right? What about him, Lord? How did he handle that? Was that right? And and by the time I looked up, an hour and a half had gone. And so this is this is a real prayer that's meant to be prayed daily, and uh, and it's an invitation from Almighty God for you to be cleansed, and you to be forgiven of your debt. And uh, what, a, what, a wonderful, what a wonderful and glorious prayer it is. Uh, so the first question that often comes up when we look at this is, is, if you're a Christian, and remember the day that you were saved? Maybe some people don't. They just knew one day they believed in Jesus and they trusted in Jesus. But some of you do remember the day you were saved, and maybe the pastor told you, man, you're forgiven. You're free, or the day of your baptism, right? When, when, the, the, when what took place on the interior, you, you, we celebrated on the exterior by putting in a tank, coming up, and, and, and you were told, man, all your sins, past, present, and future, wiped away by the blood of the Lamb, washed away by the blood of the Lamb. What a great day that was, right? When he when, when came to a realization of it. And so when we come to this petition, forgive us our debts, uh, Thought I was already forgiven. Haven't I already been forgiven? If I haven't been forgiven of all my debts, why is Jesus telling me to pray every day for the forgiveness of my debts? What's going on here? <laughs> How does it fit together? All right. So we need to run down this path a little bit and ask the question: What is the foundation? Am I forgiven or not? Am I free of sin? Am I right before God or not? So one of the classic texts in this, and, and we have to lay the foundation before we unpack this a little bit more, is Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 20. And this can get wordy real fast, so you got to pay attention. <clears throat> There'll be a quiz afterwards about Mithiboleth. <laughs> okay, verse 20, chapter 3, verse 20. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Okay, so, so he's, he's picking up an argument here. He's saying, uh, some people say, man, I, I'm going to be justified by keeping the law. I'm going to be be made righteous by obeying God's every commandment, the, the, the law, the Torah that God gave. I'm going to keep His instruction to the full. And what verse 20 says is like, by the works of the law, nobody will be saved. By God's instructions, trying to keep that 100%, good luck with that. Never going to happen. No one's ever done it. Only Jesus has kept the law perfectly. You and I aren't going to do that. So, so Paul lays out very clearly, first of all, by the works of the law, no one will be justified. you know what justified means? You've been declared righteous in the sight of God. Right? You, you, you me, myself as a sinner, I, I didn't have a righteousness of my own, but when I was justified, declared righteous, God said, I see you as right in my sight. I see you as righteous. I see you as forgiven. I, I see there's no more charge. The judge says, no more charge. No more condemnation. To be justified, but by the law no one will be justified. Verse 21. Now now, but now the righteousness of God, not my righteousness, but the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, there is no distinction. Okay, the righteous, so, so Paul, in the first three chapters, he's saying, man, there, there's a righteousness of God uh, that, that came and, 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 and God put it out there. And anybody can access it. Anybody can get a hold of it. Anybody can receive it through faith in Jesus Christ. It's an alien righteousness. It's not something that wells up in me. It's God's righteousness. It's actually Christ's righteousness. Four... There is no distinction. Verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, we missed the mark. We're in God's debt. We we haven't risen to the level of holiness or righteousness. We've all sinned. We're never going to be justified by. But are, verse 24, justified by His grace as a gift. We are declared righteous. When we trust in Jesus, we're declared righteous in God's sight. It's a gift. We don't earn it. It's not by works. It's a gift by God's grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So Jesus' work of coming from heaven to earth, going to the cross, dying on the cross, pouring out His blood, dying in our place, taking our sins upon Him, bearing the wrath. He did it all. That's the redemption. He rose from the dead, and, and now the gospel goes forth, and anybody who says yes and trusts in the work of Christ is redeemed, is saved whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to receive by faith, to be received by faith, to receive by faith. So Jesus is saying that propitiatory sacrifice is an atoning sacrifice. It's, it's a substitute. A perfect Lamb of God came from heaven to die in my place so that God could put all my sins upon Him, all, all my injustices, all my wickedness upon Him. And Jesus died. By His wounds, I am healed. By his wounds alone, by his stripes, I am healed. His wounds alone. I don't work for it. I don't earn it. I just believe. And God gives me an alien righteousness. He gives me a status, when I trust in Jesus, of Jesus himself. There's a forgiveness of sins, but there's an imputation. As it were, instead of we being in debt to God, God credits our account, as it were, with the righteousness of Christ. When God sees us as, as He looks upon us, brothers and sisters, we are justified, which means we are forgiven. Which means we're not condemned. Which means we'll never have to pay the penalty for our sins. We'll never be judged in our, in, for our sins because Jesus has already taken the judgment. He's already paid it all. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter, chapter uh, 9, verse 26. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, and this is a great verse to memorize. For then, if he was like an animal sacrifice, if he wasn't a perfect sacrifice, he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world to pay again and again and again for sinners. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He's put away your sin. Psalm 103, verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed your transgressions from you. Okay, It's done. It's completed. Your sins are removed. You've been cleansed. Colossians, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Think about who you were before you met Jesus Christ. And you who are dead in your trespasses... And the uncircumcision of your flesh, like you weren't righteous and holy, you weren't trusting in God, you you were lost. God made alive together with Him. He regenerated you, you were born again, having forgiven all our trespasses. Brothers and sisters, when it says all our trespasses, that means all our trespasses. Those of you who are 23 years old right now, if you live to your 72, you're going to commit a lot of trespasses going to commit a lot of sins over the next 50 years. Jesus paid it all on the cross 2,000 years ago and credited it to your account so that you are a forgiven person now forevermore. Okay? It's a beautiful gospel. It's a beautiful truth. It's a wonderful, glorious thing. Past sins, present sins, future sins, if all forgiven. All forgiven. you get, you got you to get this down. This is a foundational doctrine, the doctrine of justification. This is who you are, a forgiven person set free by the blood of Jesus, set free by His saving work. Verse 14, what else has He done? He's forgiven all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, nailing to the cross. So so Paul has this picturesque scene, this this picture in his mind of of our, our record of debt being nailed to the cross as Jesus was nailed to the cross. Jesus says, hey, ask the Father to forgive your debt. But the truth is, Jesus has already paid off all of our debt. Every last debt we owe God, anything we owe God through this life, anything we will owe God through this life, Jesus paid it all. Man, it's, it's, it's done. That's why Romans 8 said, there is now no con- Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, if you're here today and you haven't trusted in Jesus yet, all these things that were accomplished have not been accomplished in your life yet. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ yet, it means that all these things that you haven't, you haven't been born again. You haven't been justified. You haven't been changed. You haven't been rescued. You haven't been healed of your sins. You haven't. If you're not in Christ, these things haven't happened yet. You have to trust in the Lord Jesus. You can't get righteous yourself. You have to trust in the Lord Jesus, His work on the cross. You have to say, I am insufficient. I can't do it myself. But Jesus did it, and I'm going to trust in Him, I'm going to put all my weight on Him, and He will save you. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You've got to do it, though. So, so foundational truth, no ifs, ands, or buts, the debt's been taken away, no no more sin, that you're going to be held accountable for in terms of your faith. Okay? So, so, we, so we go back to, to Matthew. And again, the, the answer to the question, all that to lay the foundation for this, where, where it says in, in, in uh, 6 verse, verse 12, forgive us our debts. And the second part of that is we also forgive our debtors. This is not talking about a justification kind of a thing. Okay, That was a one-time act. When, when Jesus says, go daily before the Father, He's not saying to you, you got to be forgiven of your sins again and again. you got to be justified again and again. He's not saying, well, you were saved yesterday, but you lost your salvation because you moved from a state of grace to a state of sin because of your sin. Now you got to reapply. He's not saying that. So, so what this is, it's not the relationship, he's not talking about the relationship of the court or the judge. He's saying, now that you've been brought into a relationship, now that you've brought into the family of God, now that you've been united with Christ, now that you're one with Jesus, now you're working on the relationship. And when you sin against your Father in heaven, that hurts the relationship. An, An analogy. Right now, my, my kids and I are, are in a good good place, and we've got a good relationship. There's a few times they there in the high school, it was a struggle. Right? Some of you've been there and done that, kids and parents. right? And, and, and But you know, I, I always tell my kids, no, no matter what you do, I'm still going to be your dad. That relationship is never going to change. But if you keep acting the way you are acting, That might strain our relationship. What you're doing is grieving me. What you're doing is hurting me. By this behavior you're doing, by these actions you're you're pulling out in your life, you know, I can't believe you're doing this. It it hurts. And so the analogy, you're not coming in this prayer, you're not coming before the judge again, and, and and you're not coming before the court again, because you've already been acquitted. You've already been set free. All your debt's been canceled already. What you are, who you are coming for is our Father. And, and, and you're telling Him by coming before Him again and again day by day is, I want to be close to you, Father. I, I want to have this relationship that's healthy. I, I want to be near to you. And I know that my sin that I committed yesterday, these things, I know it grieves your heart. I don't want to grieve you, Father. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I I, I don't want to mess with that. And and so will you forgive me? And so it's a daily coming in the relationship, like a familial kind of a a prayer, not the judge kind of a going before the courtroom kind of a thing. You're coming for him daily to your your father um, and and in the family matter, and you're saying, I want to restore fellowship that I broke. When, When I willingly chose to do that sin yesterday, I, I, I know I was sinning against you and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I hurt you by doing that. And so I, I come and I say, Father, uh, I lay this before you. I confess this is sin. I know it caused you pain. If there's any restitution I need to make, so be it. Uh, but if there's penance, as it were, <laughs> uh, but I come before you and, and, I, and I say, Lord, forgive me. And he does. And he restores the relationship. Now, what happens if you don't keep your account short? I said it earlier. I mean, your relationship, you, you tend to flee from God. You pull away from God. Um, there's several things that happen. Your, your, your prayers are hindered by your sin. If you're taking notes, you can write down Psalm 66, verse 18. Psalm 66, verse 18. You can write down Isaiah 59, verses 1 through 2. Isaiah 59, verses 1 through 2. uh, We can look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, Think think about what it means to have a close relationship with God in in the fatherly child sense, the daughter, son, child. Father sense. Verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And, and, and he's talking to Christians here. Peter is. He's quoting a verse that he's applying to Christians' life. Our prayers are hindered by our, uh, our staying in debt. In other words, our, our prayers aren't heard as quickly by God because there's a relational Friction. There's a relational problem there that we want to make sure is healed. Uh, if if you are, if you stay in a in a place where you haven't um, dealt with these sins, your debts, right? Where, where, where do you stay? You stay in guilt. You stay in shame. And so Jesus, the blessing that he gives us in His prayer is you go to, every, go to God every day. Isn't it wonderful? Like some of you married people, you have a, a spat with your spouse or you have an issue with your spouse. And then when you reconcile, when you, when you come together and, oh, yeah, I forgive you. Isn't that just so freeing and wonderful? It's, it's a great thing, right? When, when you come to your father and you admit sin and, and, and yeah, I'm forgiven. I, I don't have to live with that guilt anymore. I don't have to walk in shame anymore. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. When you do that, uh, theres there is there there is something there when, when we think about our prayers being hindered, our relationship, uh, and really, uh, if we want to bear fruit. Remember, we we a few weeks back we looked at John fifteen and you know abide in me, you know, and if you stay in me, you'll bear fruit. Well, there is something, our, our fruit bearing, and what is that? The good works that are produced in our life, the inner character change that comes out, the love, the peace, the, the patience, the goodness, you know, those kind of things. Somehow, if we are, are dwelling in sin and it's not confessed, if it's not forgiven, if we don't, if we don't keep our accounts short, that effect, affects uh, the things that are happening in our life. It's like we get stuck, we get stale, we get stuck. Anybody feel like that today with God? Like like you're just not going anywhere, there, there's not being fruit born in your life. Could it be that there is unconfessed sin in your life? Could it be that you haven't asked for forgiveness for certain things? Because our God, He does not let you stay in that unconfessed position. He does not let us stay with, with, our, with our relationship being harmed. He will discipline those who love. He loves. In other words, He will bring stuff in your life to cause you to repent. You bring things in your life, and it could be a whole variety of things. Our God can do all things. And it could be even the sense that you feel distant from God. God's allowing you to feel those emotions and, and go through those things so that you'll turn the corner. And sometimes if it goes on long enough, discipline gets harder and harder. We as parents, we understand that whole game. <laughs> Praise God, our God always disciplines in love. His discipline is always reformative. It's always reconciling. Everything He does is trying to bring us closer to Him. That's why Jesus calls us to pray and keep accounts short. I have to speak of the second part of this verse very quickly on this. In verse 12 of chapter 6, He says, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And so, so right, uh, so you don't lose your salvation. You, you, it's not, once you're forgiven, you're justified. You don't have to be justified again. When he's talking about asking God for forgiveness, it's a daily relationship he's talking about. Stay close to your Lord. Stay close to your Father. you doing that, you do that by asking him to forgive your debts, uh, for, forgive your sins. But he moves on, and this is almost, it sounds like a conditional statement, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Hmm. And then down in verse 14, he says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. What? <laughs> and, and, well,. Again, we, we, we could go back to asking that same question. You mean I could lose my salvation? You mean I, I have, to, have to repent every day to stay saved? No. You're saved by grace. You're not saved by works. Right? Your forgiveness, you're standing in Christ. It's a done deal. Jesus paid it all. When you trusted in Him, right, your name was written in the book of life. You're good to go that way. But He's talking here about, again, the relationship. The relationship. Uh, you, you, you come with, with uh, come, and come to God with this sense of, oh God, yeah, I, you know, what what I robbed a bank yesterday. Uh, would you please forgive me? Uh, you know, He's going to look at your heart, isn't He? Is you know you know have you ever got a, like a fake fake forgiveness thing, or fake ask, like if I did anything wrong, I'm sorry. Like you, and you're not saying, you're like, you really did anything wrong, right? Uh, I don't understand what you're saying, but if I did anything wrong, which I don't think I did, please forgive me. <laughs> that doesn't work, right? That, that's not how it plays out. So he, he, if we come to God and say, well, God, uh, I'd sure like you to forgive my, my $5 million debt, and God's going to say to you, well, you know, that, that gal over there, she owes you $5. Like she goss- gossiped about you the other day and it hurt your feelings. And, and man, if you're not willing to forgive her, to release her from her debt, what is forgiveness? It's releasing someone from your debt. If you're not willing to forgive her what she did, how in the world do you expect me in our relationship? Now the relationship said, I'm always going to be your dad. I'm always going to be your father in heaven. You're always going to be my child. Jesus paid it all. The grace of God is sufficient there. But man, you expect me to deal with our issue when, when you're asking me to forgive $505 million debt and, and you, won't, you won't let her go of $5? It's not going to work. Go back to the drawing board. <laughs> you know, Deal with her first then our relationship can thrive again. Again, it's not a salvation thing. It's not you're going to lose your salvation or anything like that. It's the relationship that he's talking about. Come to him authentically. He wants to be in fellowship. He, he wants you to act by his character now. As a Christian, he wants us to behave in ways that are godly and righteous and holy. Not worldly worldly. And we're going to talk about this next week. Part two of this sermon is next week. We're going to talk about what forgiveness is, how to forgive somebody. Uh, is, is forgiveness the same as reconciliation? Uh, we're, we're going to dive into it. And, and so maybe you're here today and, and you've been touched by the Spirit and the Spirit said, forgive so-and-so. And you're saying, no stinking way. Next week we're going to talk about that. And uh, again, you're going to be called to forgive. Forgive. And you're saying, how in the world can I do that? If you knew what he did to me. And yet, uh, we're commanded to forgive as Christians. And we'll get into it next week. But brothers and sisters, um, <clears throat> coming to, you know, Jesus, again, the master teacher, the, the master instructor, the the one who knows our psychology in and out. He knows how human beings work and and how they get out of whack so easily. He's teaching this and he knows what happens if we start praying this way. He knows that if we come to him regularly with our sins, we're going to start understanding our sin more and more. He knows that if we come to him regularly and we bring our burdens to him and our brokenness to him and our shame to him, we're going to start being more aware of, of what's going on with us. We're going to be more aware of who we are and how we operate. And over time, if we get in the habit and the pattern of keeping our, our debts short or our, our accounts short with God, over time we're going to start choosing different ways of living. It's a beautiful, beautiful understanding uh, you know, that God does for us and with us. And so this is, this is a command that we pray every day that changes our life if we have the courage to enter into it and pray these hard, bold prayers, we are blessed with outcome that we will very much appreciate. I can testify to you that the longer I go keeping my account short with God, the more I want to be in His presence and the easier it is to live a holy life by the grace of God. So, I challenge you again every day to be praying the Lord's Prayer in some fashion, in some way. It might be five minutes, it might be an hour and a half. But as you go through your day, keep these petitions in mind. Abide in Christ. This is one means of abiding with our Jesus. Ask Him for forgiveness daily. Please stand in the Lord's presence as we get ready to depart. Our great God Almighty, we thank you for the the grace you give. You're you're a God who's merciful beyond understanding. You're a God who's gracious beyond our wildest dreams. Lord God, your steadfast love is new every morning. Man, Man, great is your faithfulness, Lord. And you're a God who forgives. All praise be to you. Lord, thank you for, uh, in this, this broken world, this fallen world, this hurting world, that you've given us pathways to walk to freedom. You've given us pathways to walk to wholeness and holiness and joy. Lord, uh, may we choose your ways over the world's ways. And may you get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now, He is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ, you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.